I'm Ben Amos. Join me as we dive deep into how some of the best in business, marketing, content creation, and education wield powerful and effective stories to engage audiences and drive action. Welcome to Engage With Story. Welcome back to the Engage With Story podcast and welcome to episode 33, the first episode of 2018. We are back and I can tell you I've got some awesome guests coming your way over the next couple of months. So make sure you've clicked that subscribe button on your podcast player. Have you ever met a marketer who seemingly enjoyed confusing the heck out of you? Or been forced to sit in a marketing meeting listening to someone rabbit on about KPIs, strategic positioning and avatars? Well, today's episode is all about clearing out the BS that can so often surround story marketing and you are going to love this one. I first met today's guest online within the Upreneur Mastermind community, where he instantly jumped out at me as someone worth following, mostly thanks to the stories he told and the content he was sharing. I then managed to actually meet him properly in London recently at the Upreneur Summit, where he and I instantly connected with our love of marketing and in particular strategy over tactics. Ah, the bonds that join us. He is Roger Edwards from rogeredwards.co.uk. Roger is a marketing consultant and educator who helps people keep their marketing simple in a world where BS and complexity threaten to stifle success. He's an experienced marketing professional helping businesses with their marketing strategy, their content and social media. He's clocked up many years in the big corporate world as marketing director of several UK financial service brands before getting out of all that and starting his own consultancy. And he now uses his expertise to guide his clients in designing engaging campaigns. And he's actually a prolific content creator, podcaster and speaker himself. You have to check out his YouTube channel and check out his Rog vlogs. Very cool. He's the host of the popular marketing and finance podcast as well. He's based actually over in Edinburgh in Scotland. And you know what? He's also a qualified body combat and yoga instructor, so a very interesting guy indeed. Now in this interview, Roger shares many stories while we dive into how his background in marketing and finance led him to becoming a keen content marketer. We explore the importance of developing a strategy for your marketing communications and storytelling. We talk about how to deflect storytelling as a buzzword and to get rid of all that BS and marketing speak and how to work out what stories to tell in your business. So get ready to kick off your story marketing properly for 2018 with today's interview with the inimitable Brit, Roger Edwards. Roger, welcome to Engage With Story. Hi, Ben. Thanks for having me. So look, it's, it's great to have you here. So you're coming all the way from Edinburgh in the United Kingdom, and I was fortunate enough to, to meet you personally um, at the recent Upreneur Summit over in London. So we were um, connected somewhat through online forums and, and online yep. before we met, but it was great to, uh, to have a pint with you over in London. Absolutely. So, look, I've given you a bit of a, a rundown in the intro there, but, you know, basically you've been in marketing for, I guess, more than 25 years and worked with some big guys, some big companies as, you know, roles such as marketing director and managing director over the years. But now your focus is really on, on working with, speaking to and, and creating content for 
businesses directly as a as a marketing consultant and presenter. So, and I know you've yeah. got a particular experience and passion in the in the finance space as well with your marketing and finance podcast. So, yeah. you know, can you maybe fill us in a bit more on your backstory and and what led to your passion for marketing and and storytelling? Yeah, I was uh, I was born in a, a part of the United Kingdom called the Northwest um, in a seaside town called Blackpool. Um, lots of people in the UK go to Blackpool on holiday. It's a fabulous resort with roller coasters and a, a great big seafront and everything. So I guess I grew up in, an, in, a, in a sort of bright light environment and lots of uh, hotels trying to get trade, the, 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 the Pleasure Beach, which is a great big theme park, trying to draw people in. And there was always that element of showmanship. You know, it was a great big circus in Blackpool as well, trying to get people to come and see the clowns and see the animals, etc. Etc. So I guess I grew up in an environment where advertising and attraction was just part of everyday life. So I, I was sort of drawn to that as I grew up. Um, after I left home and went to university, I wanted to become a marketing person uh, and to sort of draw on that uh, that ch those childhood experiences. And I did a degree in, at university, which was part marketing and part economics. Um, I, I felt that there had to be something a little bit more um, intellectual in inverted commas, I guess, in, in what I was in what I was doing. And after university, I found myself in, in quite an interesting situation. Quite a lot of the companies that I applied to were saying, well, even though you've got a degree with marketing in it, we don't really want to employ you because you've got no marketing experience. And the degree you do is is all very well, but it's quite theoretical. And we like to employ people with hands-on experience. So we, our advice is go and get a job in a company, learn about that industry. And then once you've learned about the industry and you've got some experience, then start to think about doing marketing. So I was a little bit disappointed with that, but I took the advice, got a job working in a, in a financial advisor company, and I started to learn about the finance industry. But I always had it in my head that I'm a communicator. I want to help people engage with their customers. And after a few years, I just had this opportunity to move into the marketing department of a well-known financial services firm. And it was it was actually quite a bizarre little story because the company that I was working for at the time had a monthly, it was like a raffle competition where everybody paid a pound and there was a draw at the end of the month and the lucky winner basically won all the money that in the contributions. And this was before word processors became mainstream. So the, um, the, the raffle poster was actually typeset um, and I used to draw cartoons for that raffle poster. And one day I drew a cartoon of the marketing director. We just launched this big um, campaign, which was around school fees planning. Gosh, that sounds interesting thinking about, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. but, but basically I'd drawn a cartoon of the marketing director wearing a mortarboard and a great big flowing black cape. And we put this out as uh, as the uh, poster for the raffle competition. And the following Monday, the marketing director phoned me up and said, hey, I loved your cartoon of me. Have you ever thought about a career in marketing? And I thought, yes, <laughs> that, that's the opportunity. So after that, my, my career became 
on track and I and I started working in various roles within financial services and off and on for 25 years I have had marketing roles either in financial services companies or professional services I guess including solicitors lawyers etc and I all of the time Ben that I've been working in financial services communication and simplicity of communication have always been my passion and I've tried to promote that and push that in every role that I've had now you know and it's the same in Australia financial services is incredibly heavily regulated and as a result of that regulation quite a lot of marketeers tend to feel constrained with what they can do and and sometimes it's used as an excuse and sometimes it creates a layer of complexity which people find very difficult to work with and and i guess my passion has developed to try and help people to keep things simple in an environment which can become quite regulated and complicated now after many many years of working my way up and and as you said in the introduction there i became quite senior in quite a few of these companies i guess that as somebody who likes to communicate with the customer I find that the higher up I got within these organizations, I, I started to feel further away from the custom than I ever had done in my career. And, you know, yes, I was I was in charge. Yes, I had big budgets, but I was getting drawn into all of this day-to-day -day regulatory stuff and 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 endless planning meetings and risk assessments and all of this sort of stuff you know the important stuff that people need to do to run a big business but it took me away from what i was passionate about and at the same time we started to see the development of all the more modern digital marketing approaches like social media content video and i became incredibly interested in using and exploring whether that would fit the business strategy but there was so much resistance to digital from these big corporates for some of the reasons I've explained that in the end, I just felt that I got a bit fed up with it and wanted to get back out there, talk to the customer, work with the customer. And that was that realization when I felt that I need to get out of big corporate and start working with smaller companies who haven't got these hang ups about regulation and complexity and actually want to start using this great array of um, tactical um, stuff that we've got in the digital landscape. Yeah, and I'm really interested to explore with you further around that, you know, that the uh, removing some of that BS around marketing and particularly in that space of, uh, you know, highly regulated industries because in my, in my video production business, you know, we've worked with professional service firms in you know, highly regulated industries. And we've come up against what you're talking about there. And, you know, it's a particularly interesting space to explore with companies uh, that are fearful of, of digital marketing and digital tools as well. But, you know, in the Engage With Story podcast, I guess, you know, what we're really focusing here on is is story as well. And I'd love yeah. to just hear from you. What, what does story mean to you? story to me is an incredible communication opportunity um you know i i grew up watching tv programs like doctor who i i grew up going to the cinema with the original star wars film battlestar galactica you know growing up with all of that and 
everything about those TV programs and those films is story. I can remember sitting on my grandfather's knee with a fire roaring in the back, a real fire roaring in the background and him telling me stories about his childhood. And my father was the same. You know, he had all sorts of stories about what happened when he was growing up. So I had this sort of, it was ingrained within me that story was a great communication tool. And I think that when you work within an industry like the financial services industry, you've got a lot of people, very clever people who are either accountants or very strong financial backgrounds, or they may even be actuaries as well, which is an incredibly fact-based career. And when these companies are run by very fact-based people, very numerate-based people, they tend not to communicate through stories. They tend to communicate through facts and figures. And that's okay if they're communicating with other people like themselves. But the bottom line is, is the end customer, the, the person who's going to buy the product or the service, perhaps isn't as interested in the facts and figures as those people are. And the story is what engages with them. So throughout my career, I've realized that working with an industry which is so regulated and is so dependent upon facts and figures, that can put people off. That can put people off doing business with you. And where what I've found over the years is that if you tell a story, and that story could be a story about a, a customer who's had to claim on an insurance company or uh, on an insurance policy, or a customer who's made a, who, who's paid off their mortgage early or something like that, and what they've done with the the money they've saved. Those are the sort of things that engage with the customer and get them to want to do business with you. And and that's why I've made that's why I'm so interested in the whole storytelling process as part of the overall marketing strategy. Yeah, I mean, look, I think, you know, what you've hit on there is the power of story to move people mm. to take action and moving them emotionally. And that's, that's in the tagline of the Engage With Story podcast. So, you know, uh, we're on the same page there. But, yeah. you know, you're all about getting rid of the mumbo jumbo and, and, you know, getting rid of the BS when it comes to marketing talk. And I'm very aware of the fact that storytelling, despite storytelling being the basis of this podcast, is a bit of a buzzword and it's kind of thrown around a bit willy-nilly um, out in the, in the marketing landscape. And I think a lot of people when they hear, you know, you need to do storytelling in your business marketing, they probably groan and think, oh, yeah, right, oh, another story. But, you know, I guess what do you say to that? You know, is it a buzzword? Is it just a, a flash in the pan? I think it is a buzzword, but it isn't a flash in the pan. And I think the, the, the key to making it work is to actually have an overall strategy. But you're absolutely right. I, frequently, I'll see tweets um, from people saying, oh, marketers have, under, have, have, have got onto the storytelling bandwagon. Everything's about storytelling now. And yes, I, I, get, uh, I get emails. I subscribe to lists of emails just because I'm a marketer and I, and I like to get emails and I like to see what people are doing. But there was a stage, wasn't there, where you were getting emails from people saying, storytelling is the way forward for marketing. Here's how to craft a great story. Buy my storytelling course and you will become a successful storyteller. And I think it's things like that that do create the impression that it is just the latest marketing bandwagon in the same way as you need to be on Twitter or you need to be doing live video on 
on Periscope or you need to be on Facebook Live or you need to be doing proper video on YouTube. When a load of marketers get behind a concept, it can make it sound as if it is just a trend. But it's like you said there before, all of us have grown up on stories. All of us can remember stories that people told us many, many years ago and stories that people told us a couple of days ago. So we know that as human beings, we respond to stories. The key thing really is to make sure that it doesn't become just another marketing buzzword and another marketing tactic. You've, you've really got to use it to engage with people. And I think that's the danger. Um, one of the things that us marketers are most prone to do is to dive straight into the tactics of a marketing strategy. So, you know, they'll believe that hype. I need to be on Twitter. They'll believe that hype. I need to be producing video and they'll dive straight in and start trying to do it. So somebody might say, yes, we need to be telling stories. So they'll go away and they'll get somebody to script it or they'll they'll mine their client bank for people who've got stories that they want to tell. But what they need to do is what I always say is sit down first and nail your strategy. And I think a lot of companies, unfortunately, don't do this, Ben. And I think you, 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 you and I have talked about this over the beer at, at Upreneur. And, and quite a lot of companies, I think, are frightened of strategy, possibly because they think of it as something complicated or, or possibly they, they see it as something quite academic and, 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 above, and above them. But having a strategy in place before you dive into the tactics really does ensure that you're overall um, business plan will work. And a strategy doesn't need to be complicated, but you do need to go through a few steps. You need to work out who your customer is. You need to work out what the customer's problem is or their issue. And then you need to decide what your solution to their problem is. And your solution to their problem is a product or it's a service. And once you know what those what the answers to those three questions are, you can then decide what your goal is going to be. You know, I want to write so much amount of um, business or I want to gain so many customers or I want to make X amount of profit. And once you've got that in place, you can then decide what is your communication element of your strategy. And that's when you start to think about, is it Twitter? Is it live video? Is it recorded video is it storytelling and storytelling is a great tactic that you can use once you've got your strategy in place now it might not be for your particular customer focus you know i i, I struggle to think of an example where storytelling might not work but again going back to those people i was talking about before if your audience is entirely finance and actuarial people who just respond to facts and figures, then maybe storytelling isn't the way you approach them. Personally, I think storytelling has a place in most marketing strategies, but you need to have the strategy in place before you can make the tactical decision to implement that as, as, as a way forward. So I think, I think storytelling can be a buzzword if it's if it's not supported by a strategy if you know who your customer is and storytelling is a way of engaging with them then it can be one of the most powerful things you'll ever do yeah absolutely and uh you know i think 
that that simple explanation, which was um, you know really well explained there, Roger, around you know how to approach the strategy, is is going to be really a really great takeaway for the listeners today. Um, you know, when it when it comes to to storytelling, um, if, particularly in you know industries that you've had experience with and worked with, where, where do you find that most clients really struggle with telling their stories? So they know. They, they understand the value of story and they understand where it fits strategically within their business objectives and they understand who they're telling these stories to, so who the audience is. But where do, where do you see the, the most struggle taking place? I think a lot of the time it's, it's just trying to work out exactly what story it is that they want to tell. Um, and again, the simple answer to that is to talk to your existing customers. Now, an example, again, from financial services could be, um, I've worked with insurance companies. Now, insurance has got to be one of the most dull subjects ever. You know, people don't want to think about dying and becoming ill. But, you know, buying life insurance, if you've got a family, is a very sensible thing to do. Because if you're not there to, to earn a salary and pay the bills, then your family could get into trouble if you weren't there. So it, it is a sensible thing to do, but it's such a dull and boring subject. But what a lot of companies tend to, to become obsessed with is talking about their product. So they'll say, we're XYZ life insurance company, buy our life insurance, or we do income protection cover. And it's good because of XYZ features. But actually, if they were to talk to the man on the street and say, what do you think about life insurance? They'll say, well, don't really understand it. It's a complicated product. All companies ever do is go on about the features. And quite frankly, I don't care about the features because I don't think I need it in the first place. And what they probably want to hear are stories of people that have actually had these things and have can demonstrate a positive result of having had it. And it could be somebody who who is a successful business person, you know, possibly let, let's just invent something silly, slipped on on a patch of ice on the way to work, broke their leg in, in, badly or something like that, had to take three months off work, couldn't interact with their customers as much as they'd like to because they were a very face to face business and faced a drop in revenue as a result of that person basically falling over on a patch of ice. Whereas if that person had been insured, they would have said, well, actually, I got a cash injection into the business. It gave me a little bit of time to recover from my injury. I still had my phone. I still had video. I still had FaceTime. I could still interact with my customers. And actually, it didn't matter that we it wasn't face to face. But the revenue did take a little bit of a, of a hit whilst I wasn't being able to travel to see them. But once I recovered, everything got back to normal. And you could craft a story. So it's a real example of somebody who experienced what it was like to have that really boring product and the difference it made. And telling the story like that, rather than giving them facts and figures that X number of people fall on patches of ice each year, therefore you need to buy this product. It's much better to hear the story of the real life example and, and what it meant to them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you're identifying there is that, you know, the difference between, you know, trying to position the brand or the product as the hero of the story versus mm. positioning the, the customer or your ideal 
client or your audience as the as the uh, hero because they need to be the hero of your stories that you're telling. Yeah, right? yeah. There's the best example ever of 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 storytelling, and I sort of fell into this one almost by accident. Is that uh, I was working for an insurance company, and this this is about 15 years ago, Ben. Now it's a long time ago, and I was um, I, I'm just trying to think back now. Actually, about two months before this incident that I'm about to explain to you happened, I'd had to go on TV because the company that I was working for had basically upset a customer in a bad way. And it was one of those TV programs where upset customers are in the spotlight and the company gets beaten up. And I was the one on TV getting beaten up. And it was it was a particularly um, nasty um, experience. I didn't want to ever have to go through that again. And I almost made a mental note at the time saying, I am never going on TV again to defend a stupid decision that a company that I've worked for has made. And, and that shaped quite a lot of my philosophy going forward. But it was only a couple of months after that had happened. And I got a phone call from the claims manager in this company that I was working for saying, oh, we've got Mr. Jones is in reception and he wants to see me about a claim. And now normally the claims manager would have just gone straight down to reception and seen the customer. But I guess at the time, everybody within the company was paranoid because we'd just been on television and we'd just basically taken a kicking from the BBC for screwing up. That was basically the, the upshot of it. And so anytime a potential upset customer came in, they immediately picked up the phone to the marketing department because they felt, oh, my God, what happens if we're going to go on TV again? So I went down to reception with the the uh, head of claims and we got into reception and there was the gentleman, Mr. Jones, we'll say he's called, was stood there. But what struck me at the time was his son was stood in reception with him and his son was wearing a Manchester United football strip. Now, if you live in Manchester, UK, people wearing Manchester United football strips is common or garden. But when you work and live in Edinburgh, somebody wearing a Manchester United strip is stand out. And you think, what on earth is all that about? So we went into one of the meeting rooms and this gentleman told me his story. And he said, about five years ago, we took out a critical illness policy with your company which we never thought we'd ever need. And to be perfectly honest, I, I was a bit, I, I, I felt a bit begrudged buying this thing. And he said, 12 months ago, unfortunately, my wife, his mother was diagnosed with cancer. And it's a, it was a particularly nasty form of cancer. We submitted a claim to your company and you paid immediately pretty much. And it was about £150,000. And we paid off the mortgage. Unfortunately, the cancer was just really nasty. And my wife, his mother died about a month ago. It was a bit longer than a month ago. And we, we have had the most awful few months. You couldn't believe what it's like to lose a young wife and a young mother like that. But do you know what we did? We decided that with the money that you've given us as an insurance company, I could afford to take time off work. And my son is a massive football fan. And we go to football matches every week. 
And what we decided we wanted to do is we wanted to travel around the UK and visit all the major football venues in the United Kingdom. And the money that you've given us has allowed me to take time off work to do that. So they went and they started down in Exeter, right down in the south of the UK, and they crisscrossed the country all the way up to Scotland. And that was the day that they were in Edinburgh to visit the football ground in Edinburgh. And that's when they realised this was the city where the company that's just paid us this money was based. And I wanted to come in here today to thank you for paying this money. Now, at the time, I had a lump in my throat when he was telling me this story. And the claims lady, she was actually, she started moistening up at the eyes. And then he said, there's nothing in this world that can replace his mother. Nothing in this world can replace my wife. But what you've done for us has really helped us. And then he produced this gigantic box of chocolates and handed it over. And I just went, Ben. I was I was in tears and, and the claims lady was in tears as well. And at that moment, I no longer worked for a boring old insurance company. I no longer worked for a company that had just been on television and had just been beaten up by the BBC for messing a client about. I actually worked for a company that made a difference. And there was a customer quite emotionally telling me his story. And I've used that story in presentations and on video since. And I still, even to, to this day, still tell this story in presentations. And that story always creates an emotional response from the audience. I have had people in tears telling people that story. And I've had business as a result of telling that story because people can really understand the emotional impact of a story like that and when you when you've got a story like that to tell you know it beats facts and figures it beats facts and figures so much because people like the emotional connection that a story like that can bring and you know what when there's authenticity to the storytelling that's used with a strategy in mind like you've talked about Mm. There is no room for BS in that, right? Absolutely not. You know, absolutely not. You, 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 you couldn't really embellish a story like that with corporate jargon and corporate speak. You couldn't make that complicated. That's just two human beings having a conversation about something which is actually quite personal and quite, uh, and quite private, um, but immensely powerful, immensely powerful. And I think that whichever whichever industry you work in, whether it's financial services or whether you're a marketing consultant or you run a, a cake shop or a flower shop, you will have emotional connections with your customers. I mean, the flower shop example, you know, you, you, you could have a customer come in and say, you know, that bouquet you did for our wedding or something, and, and they'll describe the day they had at their wedding and, you know, even something as apparently simple as the as the as the wedding bouquet somebody might have a story to tell about that and it can be an emotional story and it can it can tug at the heartstrings and i think people want to hear these stories much more than they want to be plugged product and plugged features and plugged benefits because as we said features and benefits that that that's just not that's just not what people engage with that's not what people resonate with yeah, and what a great 
way to end our interview here today because we are coming to the end of our time, Roger. So I just want to um, just end today by thanking you for all your stories that you shared with us today because I think without doing a, a tally on my fingers, um, I think <laughs> you actually managed to fit the most stories into a half-hour interview uh, out of any of my guests so far. So that was very well done, Roger. But where can people learn more about you and, and follow your story, Roger? Okay. Best thing to do, Ben, is to visit my website, which is rogeredwards.co.uk. It's roger, R-O-G-E-R, rogeredwards.co.uk. I'm also uh, massively into Twitter. If you want a quick response from me, Twitter's a really good place to engage with me, and that's roger underscore Edwards on Twitter. So do please get in touch, and if you want to have a chat, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's tweet each other. Absolutely, and all the show notes will be... All those links, in fact, will be over on the show notes as normal at engagevideomarketing.com slash podcast. Roger, thanks for your time. And it's very early in the morning in Edinburgh, so I'm glad you, uh, you were able to get up early to join me on the podcast today. Thanks again. It was an absolute pleasure, Ben. I've had two coffees already, and I think I'm probably just about to go and have number three. Cheers, mate. Thanks for listening once again to the Engage With Story podcast. Now, I'd love some feedback on this episode. What'd you think of Roger? Quite the storyteller, hey? Remember, as usual, all the links for this episode can be found over at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 33. And now for a quick shout out to remind you of my Engage Video Marketing Foundations course, which you can jump into right now for free over at engagevideomarketing.com slash foundations. In the course, you'll find three super valuable training videos that walk you through the foundations to setting up a powerful and effective online video strategy for your business. You won't want to miss out. So head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash foundations. And of course, as always, I want to leave you again with a quote. And this time by a guy called Tom Fishburne. He says, the best marketing doesn't feel like marketing. That's what I challenge you to do, guys. Create marketing that doesn't feel to your ideal audience like marketing. All right, see you next week. Bye.